so your players have given you multiple pages of backstory. But what do you do now? How can you take their carefully crafted words and turn them into traumatizing plot hooks in your campaign? We'll discuss why backstories are so important, how to help players who aren't comfortable writing them, and how to integrate them seamlessly into your campaigns on this episode of Crypt of Knowledge. back to another episode of the Crypt of Knowledge. I am your host, Goose, and as always, I have with me Blake. How you doing, buddy? Good evening, Goose. I'm doing very well. How are you? I am doing fantastic. This feels almost like a, a special edition of Crypt of Knowledge, After Dark. <laughs> Crypt of Knowledge, Dark Edition. <laughs> dark Edition. This is for the DMs out there. We try to do this ever so often just to get into that mindset and let DMs know how can they improve their game. We know you're not new to the game. Usually, as a DM, you're not new to the game. But how can you improve your art, your craft? And tonight's going to be one of those episodes. You can always improve your craft, even just a little bit. Nobody's perfect at it. 25 years and I still see awesome things other DMs do and I'm like, man, I wish I was as good as them. <laughs> Never fails. Yeah, something that I think all DMs probably go through. Yeah, absolutely. But tonight we're going to dive into how to take your players, characters, backgrounds and weave them seamlessly into your nice little campaign that you've made from scratch usually. It's not easy to do all the time. No, but you are the perfect person to explain this because <laughs> you are really, really good at this. I'm blushing. Thank you, sir. It means a lot. <laughs> I I have done this 25 plus years, so there's some fails that I could tell you very early on that happened. <laughs> it went horribly wrong. But yes, over the years, I think this has been one of the my favorite parts of DMing is making a player's character come to life. I love it. And if you can perfect that and give all those, those extra special moments to those characters, they'll love playing with you. Yeah, as one of your players, you know, I can confirm that to a high degree that it's something that you told us when we're making our characters, like you prefaced how important a backstory was going to be. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other players that you already had, they were already used to that. So that that's, that's what they were doing. So that I, when I first had my, my first opportunity to do that with you, it wasn't a, it was a decent backstory. It wasn't sure long or anything, but it was a basis for something. But after that... Now playing in a campaign that we've we've been in for a long time, and I've actually had a chance for my backstory to come back and bite me, <laughs> and that those are just really cool moments. So, anything that we can do to help other DMs facilitate those experiences for their players, and if it's not how you want to do it, or, or if you're playing, you know, a, a different type of way, then that's fine. But I think that people would really, really enjoy understanding how it is that you weave our little previous lives into our campaigns because it's a pretty serious feat. If you're going to play long campaigns that go on for months, the 
players want to be attached to their characters. They want them to feel alive. They want to feel them grow. And that's one real easy way. Well, I say easy, but once you get used to it, it's a real easy way to get those characters to feel alive. Their past has mattered. You know, they weren't just spawned when you started the gameplay and the only <laughs> thing that matters is going forward. They had a past. They have a past that can come back to bite them quite often. So, you know, use their past to, to not just create conflict, but to also make them just feel alive and lived in that world for more than the time you've been playing. Yeah, I think that to a certain degree, you're really doing your character a disservice as a player by not putting enough thought into your backstory. Because a lot of the times we'll fill them out to such a great degree because we know that if we leave blank spots that you're going to capitalize on that. <laughs> yeah. Some people learn yeah. a little later than others, but <laughs> but it goes in so many directions towards, like you said, making the, the players feel alive or, or making the characters feel like, like they weren't just spawned in because that, that's such yeah. a good way to put it. Because in, in video games and stuff, you do just spawn in, you know, mm-hmm. like I think a lot of people are used to just spawning in. But imagine if your character had an entire other life before the one that you're about to currently live with them through. Mm-hmm. I think that that's so interesting and it's, it adds so much depth to a character and I just don't, you know, I don't see how you can go wrong with that, especially if you have a DM well-versed enough to then make it matter down the road, which we'll get into that because man, <laughs> those have been some curveballs. <laughs> I do love throwing curveballs, but you know, it, I think we've talked about martial characters a lot lately and fighters, especially, I think when you have that argument of, oh, I'll do a swing. Well, but if you can bring story points through your background and those other things into the campaign, it can help that character who feels like after 10 sessions that all they're doing is swinging, it could still keep them interested. It could still give them a reason to keep swinging, not just at random enemies that are around, but at something from their past or something that they thought they had finished that's not quite finished. So uh, keeping that story in front of the player which again i remind lots of people you created the story don't get mad when it comes back at you (laughs) (laughs) but keeping that story alive and fresh in front of them helps keep them engaged and and that's what we want to do as as storytellers keep them engaged yeah i think that's a beautiful point and so to go ahead and jump into this let's get some semantics out of the way what is the difference between a background and a backstory yeah that a lot of people can get confused, especially early on in your DM career and in your playing career. Your background is something that is provided out of the book by Wizards of the Coast. You can go in and you can pick, and they're making it a little easier in the, in the newer editions as they come, but it is something you did in your past. You were an acolyte or you were a street urchin, and these give you a certain ability, score, points. Occasionally, they'll give you some gear or some skills you're specialized in, they are small additions at the very tail end of creating your character that you get that just, again, give you the illusion of a past. They are not story points. They're not going to help you at all there. They just give you a basis. So say you picked a street urchin as your background, then you could dive into that when you make your back story. And that is what you as a player personally come up with and decide on is your past. Why were you a street urchin? What happened? 
What did you do while you were a street urchin? Did you ever try to join any organizations that taught you those same skills that you were using as a street urchin? Why are you not a street urchin now? Those are the questions you can take from the simple background that Wizards gives you options to choose from and turn it into a full backstory, which is what we as DMs want to see you have. So it's like the difference between like someone asking you what your previous job was and then handing them a resume. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, you know, everybody picks a background and I don't think that people usually think about it past that. You know, okay, what is this going to give me? All right, a you know, deck of cards. Uh, <laughs> proficiency I can use in athletics the better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. And that's pretty much all that they, you know, they see in it. But if you use it for a basis to start shaping your backstory and then embellish and fill it in from there, I think it's the it's the perfect way to start. And it, it'll give that some weight moving forward in your story and, and the campaign in general. Yeah, again, it, if you're playing one-shots, it's whatever. Pick your background and then go through the story, and you might give out one or two things you've made up. And, and sometimes in our one-shots, we do create some back backstories, but a lot of times you're not going to have enough time to dive into it, so why spend the time making it? But when you're in a campaign, you need to, to all have some backstory, and not everybody's comfortable doing it and writing about it, and we'll go through some ways that you can help as a DM when you have those people, because we had one. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter i've played many many campaigns with him i've played different role-playing games with him since about 2015 and never have i ever seen him write a backstory doesn't exist <laughs> anything that we had ever done was because i point blank asked him a few questions and i filled in the blanks because it's just not his thing he sure. wants to get in and and fight and he's grown in the rp area but he wanted to get in and do the combat and he wanted to min max and he wanted to be the best at it that's how he liked to play, and that's okay. But asking a couple of simple questions, I could still be able to put some type of background that surprised him all the time because he's like, really? That's what happened? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You're learning now. This is what happened in your background. But Yeah, we're doing it in real time. Yes, doing it live. We're doing it live. But not everybody's comfortable with it, and we'll go over some ways to help with that here soon too. But So another thing you want to think about is why do we want to use character backstories? Right? Those are just stories, but what are they good for? Backstories, I think, they're good for a multitude of reasons. First, it's a basis for the motivation behind your character. Why are they where they are when the campaign finds them? What are they doing? Because very rarely is, I mean, are any of us just like just out in the world, like doing nothing? Then you run into somebody and it's like, oh, no, I was just here. You know, I was just meant to be here, actually. I'm not doing anything. Your characters are these people. They had lives. They were doing something or are still currently doing something. And so it's that basis for like what's driving them to get involved in whatever that they're about to get involved in. Yeah, I, I agree. Motivation is a big piece of it. But I like the idea as we're sitting here talking about it, thinking now in the real world, that trope of meeting in a tavern, that you're just in McDonald's one day and an, a friend that you haven't seen in, I don't know, 20 years shows up to McDonald's and y'all are like, Hey, we haven't seen each other in a while, and we have no reason to, but let's go on like a 200-mile road trip together to do something (laughs) mundane. Let's go do that. We might die at the end of it, but let's go do it together. (laughs) Several times in the middle of it, you know? I think that's a a fantastic... (laughs) That should happen. It should happen. I wish more friends would meet me at McDonald's for road trips. (laughs) 
<laughs> with danger involved. Yeah, if I if I haven't seen you in twenty years, it's on purpose. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is very true. So having motivation in the form of a backstory is very handy. Uh, it's also good, as we mentioned, to let other players get their time to shine. If we wind up going on a quest that specifically has to do with your backstory, the odds are somewhere along the way, you're going to get to do some really good RP. A, you're going to have to explain to your group what the hell's happening. What is this we're doing? Yeah. And and two, you're probably going to have that one-on-one with whoever the, the end of the quest is or what you're doing. You're going you're gonna to have some time to shine there and really show what your character is capable of. Yeah, and I think that to go right along with that, it's going to make your players more invested because there was I mean, there's nothing like, and I we always preface it this way that our group loves to RP, and, mm-hmm. you know, and myself specifically, like we just love to do that. So any chance that we get to like turn the lights down and speak in hushed tones and tell like these these acquaintance verging on friends like like what's wrong with you like. <laughs> Here's why I'm so messed up. Yeah, you know, you're right. It keeps you invested and it keeps you wanting to find out more. Like, how is the DM going to develop my backstory? What's going to happen with these dead parents that I have? You know, Mm -hmm. will they stay dead? You never know. (laughs) In my case, -uh. (laughs) nuh-uh. Nope. Nope. Mom's going on a little undead rampage right now. Mom's on a rager. (laughs) Dad might still be in a box. We don't know. You'll probably find out pretty soon. That's coming up. But yeah, you know, it, it adds that tension and that that reason, you know, because you all know before our game start, if you played with me before, how important the backstory is. It's going to come up. Mm-hmm. So you're just sitting there, some of you on pins and needles and some of you dreading it. <laughs> when is it going to be my backstory that rears its ugly head? So, yeah, it keeps you invested. Yeah, and I think that a, a group with a decent synergy is going to be interested in the other players and their characters' backstories. You know, like, myself personally, like, I know that, like, I love watching somebody else, you know, watch their face shift and get serious, and I know that they're about to dump all of this backstory on me. I live for that. I think that that's, you know, that's one of the best parts about this, is just being able to, like, let somebody tell a story really quick. You guys just learned a whole lot about the Bone Maw tribe recently. Yes. That lore dump that came from that. So <laughs> he, you know, he was it, waiting. <laughs> he was ready. He was I'm like, surprised. All right, yeah, I'm surprised he lasted that many sessions before he got it out. <laughs> I think he was really wanting to, to tell everybody about it because it's a really cool story. It is. And and again, this is one of those situations where he, he sends me this backstory and it includes a cursed item in the backstory. And I'm like, Okay, I know you've never played with me before. <laughs> Are you sure you want yeah, this? Yeah, I'm sorry you've done this to yourself, but remember, you have done this to yourself. <laughs> so, yeah, his his item straight up is cursed. So he, he has twice now, poor guy. You met him when he was in a bloodlust and was swinging at everything around him, including you guys. Mm-hmm. And then he only, all he has to do, he has to kill something and then roll a one on a d20. It's a really low chance that those two combine, and he did it again in the very next combat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Immediately after. <laughs> so that cursed item uh, is coming back to bite him in the butt a little bit. but <laughs> It's starting to really become a problem. <laughs> it is. Luckily, you guys have some good crowd control and are able to contain him until that subsides each time so far. But at some point, he's going to smack somebody really hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's going to catch somebody off guard one of these times. 
Yeah, I feel like his storyline may take precedence to try to figure out how to get that taken care of I, before too long. Our Warforge is falling apart, though. Well, he is falling apart. That's he's very having, true. He's having trouble, so it's it's tough. See, if if that axe, if it hadn't have done that in the last combat, <laughs> we wouldn't even be worried about it right now. Yeah. We'd be yeah. like, oh, yeah, well, no, it's fine. We'll just go do this and this. But since it happened back to back like that, now it's a problem. Now we're worried. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you know it's again it's one of those things where the backstory is there, and it could have been very low key, like you said, mm-hmm. but it's taking a front seat because <laughs> it's just unlucky that that random part of this game has forced it to come to the forefront, and he gets to tell all of it. He's happy about that, I'm sure. Oh yeah, but now now you gotta hope and pray that that five percent <laughs> chance keeps keeps staying on the low end there. <laughs> yeah, or hoping we have spell slots to deal with it. There you go. But we talked about. Some people are just uncomfortable with creating a deep backstory, and that's okay. You should never ask them for a novel. I am appreciative of them. If you give me a couple of pages, then that's fine. That's just more that I can pull from. But, you know, just a few small notes. Give me the basics of who you are. Tell me your character and and what you're doing in the past and now, and that's it. You don't have to write a big, long backstory for me to be able to pull something out as a DM and put it into the story. So you said that uh, the one guy that we played with who wasn't super into writing backstories, mm-hmm. that you just had like a, some questions for him to sort of give you a, at least a place to start, if not enough to work with. So what were those questions? So I have a handy sheet that's got about 20 questions on it. And when our player Ed joined us, we found him on Reddit and... Let me tell you, there's lots of things you can say about Reddit, but finding quality people is not one of them. But Ed is just fantastic. We, Ed is, we found oh a unicorn God. there. No, he's he's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> one of the best RP, great at builds, knows the game, so it's been wonderful having him there. But when he joined us from Reddit, I literally went on looking for group and said, hey, we have a spot open, we're looking for one person, here's an application. And then 30 people, I think, filled it out, and Ed was the one we picked at the end. And to start with, to integrate him in our, our campaign, I sent him this thing and said, I don't know, you know, because I didn't know much about him. I said, I don't know how good you are at making backgrounds, but here's a list of 20 questions that you should think about your character as you're making your backstory for me. And so I've, I've not used that often because I haven't had to, but it's, it's simple things like, where are you from? Literally look on the map and tell me, where are you from? Because that matters. Do you have a family? Are they alive? May not matter, <laughs> but are they question. currently alive? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have any close friends? Do you have any enemies? And then name a secret that you're keeping. That's a good one. Secrets are always kept. You always have a secret. But simple questions that anyone should be able to answer if they just take a couple of minutes to think about it. You don't have to really dive in and tell me. It's, it could all be one or two word answers if you needed to. But... It gives somebody something to think about so they're not just kind of left out on their own to create an entire backstory from scratch. Yeah, and I mean, I think that anybody who likes to RP even the littlest bit or who's even the littlest bit attached to their character, even if just for characterization's sake, would want to at least be thinking about those things. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to provide so much more than what little bit of effort that it took to, to just think about those things for a second. Like... Okay, so I'm from Horberia. My family is, they are dead. I killed them. Yeah. Uh, no, I had one friend, but they, <laughs> their bones now comprise my staff. Yeah. I got quite a few enemies, and 
Can't tell your secrets. Nobody knows them yet. Yeah, I don't have... Well, yeah, me either. <laughs> That's what I was just trying to think. I'm like, I don't have any... I think I told them. You might have told the only ones you had. I mean, you met some weird friends that you didn't know you had in the past last session. Oh, yeah, that was weird. Well, see, that's... <laughs> I'm like, are they swindling me, or is he telling me that this happened? I don't that know. Was so, I know. That was... <laughs> I'm like, I am so confused right now, but we're going to roll with it. We're going <laughs> to... Yeah, you did well. You rolled with it. You were the right bit of suspicious, I believe. It was, it was great. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see what happens. But... <laughs> So yeah. It's always fun to do things like that. Yeah. But yeah, you were able to answer those questions pretty quickly, and your backstory is way deeper than that. There's a lot more in it than just those questions. Yeah. But that gives you a pretty solid person to start with. Yeah, I, I think, you know, you, you'll have a good idea about that character right off the bat, and then just, if they're able to give you one secret, then you're already able to start making your way towards some sort of a twist for them, some sort of yes. a little hook. Yes. Give me those hooks. I love them. Oh, the more God. the merrier. Yeah, I know. You're like a, a fisherman out there just with all the, <laughs> all the little threads to pull on. Everybody. Every time I throw something out, it's baited. <laughs> yeah, tell me those things. Yeah, tell them to me. I want to know them all. <laughs> but if all else fails and you really just suck at writing a backstory or are uncomfortable with it, there are dozens of fairly decent generators out there, backstory generators, that will give you at least enough you can answer all those questions that I just listed. You could fill that page out and and give enough on it. Or hell, even now, use something like ChatGPT. It's out there. It writes stuff. I mean, whole companies are firing their writers to use it, so why not you? Yeah, I mean, everybody's using ChatGPT for something, so that's definitely just the quality of everything else that comes off there. I can't imagine that their backstories are lacking in any, any way. Oh, they're not. I've tried it. Oh, yeah, I figured you probably had. <laughs> I have put many things into that little AI and had it spit out things. And we went over, like, the first thing I tried was, as we went back to this campaign with our Kingdom Builder, they were at the start of a fight with a giant spider. And I just simply told it to tell me a very detailed description of a and d spider. And it was good. It was really know. good, actually. So, But they, they didn't know it came from a chat mod. They thought I had come up with it on my own. I, I don't think I've told anybody in the group except for Blake that it came from chat GPT. <laughs> so so it's, there's handy things out there that can help you if you're not feeling comfortable in your writing abilities. Yeah, there's, um, we did that giveaway, not that, that better backstory. Better backstory. Better yeah. backstory is another one of those things. It's just, you know, it's just a deck of cards and you just draw so many and there's your backstory. Mm-hmm. They are very fun, too. We've used them in our yeah. campaigns and one-shots to, to randomize our backgrounds. They are really fun, especially some of the quirks. <laughs> <laughs> the quirks are nuts, dude. Uh, yeah, but they're fun. They definitely will get you into a mood. <laughs> yeah, a mood. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's a way to say it. So how much freedom do you give your players when they're writing their backstory? Do you give them any parameters to work within? So sometimes there's parameters, but generally I like to just just lay it all out there and give them the freedom to create who they think would fit into your world. I generally will give backgrounds. We just had two people join our campaign here, like back-to-back sessions, and I showed them a large section of the map that's close to where we're playing at in the Badlands, and I said, here's all the areas around it. Where would you think you would be from? 
and I let them pick specifically. And then we drilled in. I said, okay, you're from this territory or this country. Zoom into that area, and here's all the, the cities that are listed. Or I give you the option to create your own city. If you want to create a whole name and a whole background of the city, create it. And we had one player that chose to do a, a pretty much the entire area and backstory themselves. They picked a relative area, not a specific city, because they're nomadic. So they didn't have a specific city. Ah, uh, the Bone Maw tribe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and he picked the area and then made up the Bone Maw tribe and made up their history and did all that himself. So that was all him. On the other end of the spectrum, same principle. He started out, where, what territory? And he picked one. Then said, you know, here's the zoomed in list. Here's some cities. And he said, I like this one that's close to this because I think it would fit with my backstory that I'm trying to create. And so we dug in even deeper. I'm like, okay, are you going to create the backstory? But he wanted me to create the backstory. He said, it's your world. I want you to tell me what generally happens there. What's their exports? How long has it been there? You know, what happened during the war in that place? So he had me fill in the entirety of the history of it including other places too that he might have been involved with using his backstory. So we got together and, and spent the time and we did it that way. So, you know, use your DM as you're creating your backstories, but I, give your characters, your players as much freedom as they can to make it their true story. They need to be able to tell how they became who they are. Because if there was something in their backstory that didn't jive with your world or your setting per se, then you could deal with that after the fact. Yeah, absolutely. And I know some DMs are pretty particular. In this specific campaign, because we were trying so many new things, like this is a, a way outside the box D&D game that we're playing in the Kingdom Builder. <laughs> there were so many things we were trying out and testing that all of the classes and races, well, some of the races weren't. But all of the classes were homebrew, the subclasses, and some of the races, half the races were homebrewed as well. So there were some things that were not here. So there are not normal humans in this campaign, and there are not bards in this campaign. So there are just some specific things in this one that are locked out, but very little in your campaign should totally wreck it if your character's coming up with good backgrounds. In our first one, we had uh, a player who their background basically said that the people thought she was the chosen one that would stop something big. I didn't tell them anything about what the campaign was truly really going to be about or anything like that. So that's fine. You wanted that to be part of your backstory. It may or may not be true what they said about you, <laughs> but we'll roll with that in the campaign, you know, that you will get that opportunity to be someone who people are after because they think you're it. You're the thing that will stop the entire world ending or create the entire ending of the world either way. Yeah, that could be a, a really serious, you know, well, it was pretty serious, you know, like there was yeah. a, a, a big deal, you know, they were on a very important mission. And then so you had this whole other pseudo faction of people who were who were on her heels. Constantly trying to kidnap her. Yeah, always. And, you know, and that, that led to a lot of really cool places. So... Her backstory was essentially, I think I'm the chosen one. I don't know. Maybe I am, but these people think that I am. <laughs> yeah. Raised in a monastery for this one particular purpose, to be bred for this. This is who I am. And it was still, it, you know, you were able to just take that and go, hmm, okay. And you weaved it in without making anybody else feel less. You know, like nobody didn't feel like they weren't the chosen one either. Right. So I think that that's, 
there's a, a some finesse to be had there, you know? There is. Again, as DMs, generally when you decide to sit behind that shield, you are a storyteller at heart. You may not consider yourself that, but if you're willing to do that, you're a storyteller. You know how to keep intrigue and, and do all those other things, and it's just part of who you are. If you ever make it past a few sessions, it's part of who you are. I've seen some people try that just should not be behind a shield. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, It's not meant for everybody. <laughs> it is not. It can be a really daunting task to come up with, especially if you're playing like every week and you play for six hours at a time or something like that. It can be really daunting to always be prepared. But the storytelling part of it, you know, most DMs are pretty good on the fly. They just really are. So incorporating stuff that characters create, you have to understand too that just like in this instance, your backstory says that, but doesn't mean that's what it actually is in the real world. You can take that background and twist it however you need to to make it fit. Okay, so right. So it's like we touched on just a minute ago, but just like you just said, like you want to use all of it and even stuff that they didn't say, right? Yeah, more of what you didn't say will get used than what you did say. I will take the truths from your backstory and change them to how they fit. Like you mentioned your backstory. Two dead parents killed by your own hands, right? Right. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That was uh, immediately when I saw it, I was like, nope. Mm-mm. Nope, that didn't work out for you. <laughs> nope, it didn't go quite like you thought. Yeah, I mean, he was a. I don't know what happened after that, but he was a child. Was a child. Yeah. And now he's a very old, soulless person that has mommy dearest coming back after. I don't. How many years has it been? Is it in the hundreds? Oh, he's. I, I never. I haven't given him like a finite age. It's it's over mm-hmm. two fifty. Yeah. So I mean, it's been you know well over a hundred years. You thought mom's been dead, and so now the question is. What happened? Why is she not dead? How long has she not been dead? And what the hell was that ugly monster made out of arms from thousands of dead people that I had to mm-hmm. fight when she was near me? <laughs> yeah, and was that her doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that going to happen again? <laughs> There's lots of questions about Mommy Dearest. And again, none of that was in your backstory, just the fact that you had killed your parents. That's it. Yeah. That one simple line. <laughs> oh, God. And let that be a warning. Or, uh, you know... <laughs> No, but I I really did. Like, that was, you know, that was how my character, because he's a soulless, and that's that's your homebrew, right? Yes. So the soulless is just like it sounds. You don't have a soul. It was taken from you or bargained away from you somehow, and thus you now have these benefits and drawbacks of not having a soul, which is all, it's such a cool grace. So I knew that I had to figure out a way to get rid of my soul somehow. So I just thought, okay, my parents are are these bad people, and because they want a come up in the world, they decide to bargain away their child's soul before before they're even born. So I, he malice just came into the world that way. It's the only way he's ever known is just that that he is the way he is. But once he was able to grow up some, and he was probably like only eight or nine when this happened. And he was able to grow up and sort of have his faculties about him and notice that he was different. Notice that it was he wasn't like everyone else. So when he finally came to the, that realization and he actually stumbled upon something that they received in exchange for his soul, he had questions. And he didn't like the answers. 
So he has innate magical abilities that aren't tied to a class, and those awoken. And so he he took that out on him. And that and that was just the beginning of my backstory. So much else happened after that. That was like, <laughs> I'm like, this is just explaining my race. Everything else explains everything else about my character. But that has now become the single biggest hook out of the whole thing. And I think that that's just, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. It's fantastic. And furthermore, all of our characters have a backstory tied in main quest. Yeah, it's very important in this one. Again, we tried a lot of new things in this campaign, but your weapons are tied to you basically from birth. They grow with you, and this legendary quest that you go on ever so often helps you level them up and, and gain new abilities with them. So yeah, everyone, those legendary quests specifically for your character are all tied into your background. You know, one had a long lost love that they thought was dead that they're tracking, you know, another one that was really tied to the Fae, and so she had some interactions with the, the you know, the summer court. And then we've got one now who your brother is playing a Warforged, and, you know, he is, he was not always a Warforged, which is very unusual in this world that we play in. He was not built as a Warforged. His soul, he thinks, was been transferred. And he's starting to have normal humanoid problems where he is coughing and feeling pain and doing other things that a warforged should not so he's trying now to track down you know because he, he lost his memory he's, so he's trying to track down what actually happened to him so these are all tied in very specifically to those characters and their backstories and again like we talked it gives your characters a chance to shine and be who you are yeah and i i think that that's important you know for those like you said we all want to be so invested in our characters and I know for a fact that all of us are so deeply, I can't think of a word that really adequately describes it. We are so invested, you know, like we love these characters that we're playing. And I, I don't, I mean, I'll be so sad the day that I have to retire Malice and this campaign is finished. I will be so upset. Yeah, it's been really fun. And I think a lot of the new stuff we've tried too has been really interesting. But, you know, and as we talked through it, yours very specifically focused on your family. And that's yes. an easy one. You know, that's an easy one to grasp onto. If somebody gives you family, you can twist it and turn it some way or another, turn them into the bad guy or make them in peril and you have to go save them, those types of things. But yours is pretty much the only one that's focused that way. Mm -hmm. It's tied into people and things and other ways, but you don't always have to focus on family. That's the easy, that's the low-hanging fruit. Yes, it is. Try, Yeah, try to find something else in their background that you can focus on to keep it varied between everybody's because you're you're probably going to have at least four players in your campaign and you don't want four people chasing down loved ones who got kidnapped <laughs> yeah that would be really crappy luck if that like was the all, way it worked. all four of them have like mommy or daddy issues i mean it's pretty common <laughs> i mean it is it is very common even in the real world well <laughs> it's common but but you know you want to try to diversify a little bit there not always focus on the family no but it like you said it is sort of low-hanging fruit and and I knew that when I wrote it. That's why I wanted to kill him. That's okay. You know, that, but like, my brother's is really neat, you know? I don't know how much you know outside of the game, if he's told you anything other than what you've learned in-game, but your brother's is pretty deep. I helped him through some of his character creation process. Okay. Because, you know, when someone starts one of your campaigns, it can be a little daunting. It can, so yeah. I, I wanted to help him out with all the choices and stuff like that. I went over some backgrounds with him. I don't know how much of that he incorporated into actually being his backstory. Fair enough. I think it was pretty good. I, I think 
this was kind of a second one that he's played with us. He, he well, actually, it was the first one that <laughs> we stopped like one, oh, yeah. in, one session in. So, yeah, he did a pretty good background. I, I like his background. So we should uh, we should have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I think so. And it ties it ties in with part of mine too. So it's going to be. Yeah, that's another thing. You know, try to connect people's backstories. You know, while your players likely have very different backstories and come from different areas and have different things, find a common theme like a location or something like that to force them to work together. And and I think that's where yours kind of came in. You guys just recently put the pieces together that y'all are from the same area, mm-hmm. and your quests will kind of lead you back into that same area together. And you know, he's a soul that was transferred into a warforged and you're a kid who lost his soul before he was ever born and so you've got those pieces tying you guys together and so find those themes that you can tie together and make the cooperation happen because not not everybody plays the game cooperatively like they should some people are standoffish so (laughs) give them more reasons to work together yeah but everybody benefits when there's good synergy and the team works together you know Mm -hmm. especially if it's got to do with RP and backstory and stuff like that. Those are just those golden moments. Yeah, that moment in the, that campaign a couple of sessions ago when you guys were talking it through and you realized, wait, <laughs> we could kind of swing into the same area and almost tackle these two things at one time because they kind of tie together. That was a good moment for me. And y'all were was like, it? <laughs> yeah, you were like, wait, did you plan that? And I was like, no, no never. Of course not. <laughs> I have not been playing a long game. No. Well, well, and then and then Andrew goes and says like, "Yeah, I killed my parents." I'm like, "You, you did what?" <laughs> yeah. Excuse Wait a me. minute. <laughs> I'm the one who killed their parents. Damn. There can't be two of us. <laughs> Double patricide. <laughs> but his story again, while killed his parents, completely different from mm-hmm. from yours, and and has its own twist, which. Again, his was only there to introduce another part of his backstory. Oh, <laughs> his right. His parents were killed because of the cursed item. So, you know, again, kind of the same thing. It's about your dead parents, but not totally about your dead parents in his case. Yeah. So. yeah. No, I, get, I, can, I can see that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was fun. But you have to be careful, too. He's new to our campaign, and there's only four sessions, maybe, something like that into it. Not yeah. a lot. So... You have to be careful about integrating backstory too quickly. You have to allow the player to figure out who their character really is first. Because you may have a background decided on. But once you get in, and it happened to him in real time, because we had another player comment on it. Wait, we can make up our backstories in real time? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. If you're in the middle of play and you haven't put something in concrete, it's RP, baby. Do it on the fly. Come up with an answer when somebody asks you a question, and then it's canon. And we'll roll with it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's one of those, just like you said, like like, well, do I know that? I yeah. don't, I don't know. Do you? Let's let's find out. Let's you know whether the dice decide or not. But if it's just a story bit or like a flavor thing, and you're not trying to like do something or like remember something, I guess it still sort of counts. But like, absolutely, just roll with it. Just figure it out on the fly. I don't think it's come up in game yet that Agamorn's bones are are my staff or or how I knew like that I actually do know or knew Agamorn. Yeah. It's not just a randomly named staff. Yeah. I don't know that that actually even came up in a session but that like hit me all at once I was like dude you knew her. <laughs> you knew Agamorn and, and then so like that but that's canon now. You know, yeah. I can't wait to explain 
I got to have him like talking to the staff or something like. There you go. I don't know. Some some long lost <laughs> memories. You're struggling with your your parents being possibly alive now, and you got to consult your best friend. Yeah. Hey, Aga. It's been a while. <laughs> it's me, Malice. <laughs> Yeah, you can do so much with the RP and never be afraid to expand your backstory. You know, like you said, it happens all the time. Somebody will stop and say, okay, to the DM, do I know that? If it if it is something that is not crucial to my story that I'm running, I'll tell you, I don't know. Do you? You tell me if you know it. Let's figure it out. You make up the RP and you tell whoever asks you that question, give them the answer that you want to give. And then we'll use it from now on. That's the answer. And there are times where you have to do things like, okay, do I know where this location is? Well, we might have to check and see if if you can make the save. Or you might not. There may be no way possible. But if it's not integral to the story, let them have it. Right, because if it's not crucial to the story that that you're telling necessarily or or the plot to the campaign or something along those lines, then it's sort of one of those situations where you just like, you know, like you said – do you know that? Like, let's find out. Like, can you rationalize to me why your character would know X or Y? Yeah, you guys have done that many times. You'd be like, but I feel like because of this, my character might know it. And I'll I'll let you have it if you can make a good rational explanation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely one of those things that, and that's another reason why backstory matters. It's There are lots of little advantages that you can gain or little bits of things that you might find out that your character does know because of whatever that went on in your past. And I think that that's always something good to think about. Yeah. And then not try to just connect these backstories to each other and to the players, but connect them to your overarching theme of the campaign as well. It's a little different in the campaign we're in now because the main focus of the campaign in this kingdom builder is building the kingdom. So, you know, tying it into that is not always as easy. But in other campaigns... Just find something in their backstory and turn in the campaign. We talked about uh, the character of, of Ari in our first campaign. Mm-hmm. You know, she was always told and she felt like she was the person who was going to bring in the end of the world. That they, this cult had put her in this covenant and raised her since she was little. She was found on a doorstep. And she was raised to be that her entire life. That's what she feels. That's what her character believes. So that was integrated into... The entire main storyline, you know, there is a large plot that the drow had come up and had destroyed this object called the sun and it turned the world dark so they could live on the surface. And now they are taking over places. So is she integral to that part of the story? Is she integral into being able to bring the sun back? And that is something that was always played up on. She never was fully aware of whether she was a main piece of it or not. So, you know, that was tied directly into it. And everybody else's backstories, too, were tied into it. And you grew as you went with that main storyline. It keeps you guessing and, again, keeps you focused on that main task, which is what the campaign's about. Yeah, and if you can just enrich that further by sprinkling in stuff that the the characters are already so attached to, then I think that's a good way to do it because it's, it's less jarring that way. You know, it, it as natural as you can make it feel, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have to try. And again, if this was a normal campaign, if our Kingdom Builder was normal, uh, your dead mama would be one of the, the big bats. Oh, 
I can see that. <laughs> there would be many things that she would be continuing to harass you and the rest of the party with until you just had no chance, but you were forced to face her. It's a little different the way we're running it now, but again, that would be an example of how you know you have to you have to tie that in. It gives everyone a reason to stay focused on the main <laughs> task and not get sidetracked all the time. But also, you know, it's part of your background. You want to to follow that thread to the end. And talked about putting people out there that they know from their past or they care about mm-hmm. using NPCs in that way is one of the best ways to do it. Put them in unexpected places. You lived by this guy a hundred years ago in the forest who now has shown up and you don't remember them, <laughs> but he says he lived right beside you mm-hmm. and now he's come to help you. Is it real? You can't remember or don't know yet. But again, that's an NPC supposedly from your past that has now shown up to offer their assistance in the future. And you can use them to drop quests or just be a random weird encounter that gets somebody thinking like, well, why was that person here? What's the point of that? You know, <laughs> uh, Long lost loved interest or, or yeah. various other things like that. Anything to introduce side quests or just make the players feel like their life mattered before they started this campaign. Yeah, all of those things, in addition to just being way too much fun and a huge old <laughs> glass of classic misdirection, it feels like every now and then, especially with those yeah. two dudes that just showed up. I'm that's threw me for a loop. <laughs> but that's that that's a super easy way to do that. I'm I'm trying to think of another example. It was mostly family for Osiris because his his mm-hmm. brother showed up. Yep, his brother showed up when he was following a lead about an ex-lover that he was tracking down. So it kind of mixes both. He's looking for an ex-lover who he wasn't sure was alive or dead, and then his family, which just engrossed the entire group <laughs> with so many storylines spawning from his family, including the the courtship of Miss Galana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So little things like that, which I had, listen, if you think I planned on you guys falling in love with the baby sister that had zero lines written for her to ever say (laughs) and turn this into this ongoing thing of courtship, then you're crazy. That was not planned at all. Listen, (laughs) I had not, on my end, planned on my soulless, emotionless, bloodless, for for all intents and purposes, character to like have a love interest at all. I don't I don't know what that was about, but I'm like, yo, this is this is gonna happen. It felt right. You it were did. being pushed by some other characters and you just kind of fell into it. And I haven't figured out, you know, I'm sure, because it's your character. I haven't figured out whether it's love or whether it's that protector. That mm. that piece of you that's a druid and wants to protect people that's trying to get her out of a bad situation. Or perceived bad situation anyway. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't, it's sort of ambiguous. Like, it, it's not like she's going to go and be mistreated. Like, she's going to go live a really nice life, as far as, as we far know. As you know. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to, she'll be taken care of. She'll be wealthy and. Live by the sea, which was part of her big thing. Yeah. And <laughs> and so, you know, you've got these rough and tumble adventurers who roll up and go, hey, listen. <laughs> now, that sounds great and all, but what if you came back with us? What if you lived in this rinky-dink fort that we're trying to... It's, you know, it's a fixer-upper. Yeah. But, you know, come back with us, and we'll I'll, we'll take care of you. We'll feed you. I'll, you know, that whole thing. So it's not like it's like a more... <laughs> 
It's not a more enticing option necessarily. No, no. What if we put your life in danger every day? Would you like that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, she's like, I just don't want to just have like a boring life. Like I want to do things. Yeah. I'm like, listen, I got you on the things. Yeah. She left the door open. But, yeah. <laughs> I got another date. So we're going to, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. This is again, but the littlest piece out of a background that turned into a whole thing. It just <laughs> one one little line. All I had literally was her name. That's it. There was nothing <laughs> else in his backstory about her. Just a name. And it's turned into this whole thing. So you just never know what little pieces of a backstory can really take off. Yeah, and now it's it's not I guess it's not necessarily backstory anymore, it's just story now. But that's changed malice. That's changed the way that he is going to be going forward. You know, he might not be as I don't know, as like deeply pessimistic or maybe he's not as cutthroat as he once was because he's found a little bit of beauty in the world. Who knows? Yeah. You know, it's that character development that we all strive to see. I live for that shit, man. Oh, I love character (laughs) development. Yeah. Anytime as a DM, you can look back at the start of the campaign and, you know, a few months later, look at where the characters have been and how they've grown and how they've changed. That is the reason for most of us, that we become DMs. We just love to see that happen. No, I, I can see that. And we, what little I've done it, when people really just enjoy your story like that, and you're able to take the little bits that they created and make them better and add to it and and let them really just sort of relish in the things that... You know, it's it's cooperative storytelling. That's it. So the fact when when both parties have an equal part in writing it and it just flourishes like that, I mean, there is nothing better than that. That's the cooperative part. I love it when it comes together like that. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But be sure you're checking in repeatedly with your players as a DM to see if they have developed other ideas to expand their backstories. But you guys do it constantly. And again, it happens just in the flow of the game a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But I've also had players in the past who would be like, I think I want to change something. It's not come out yet. We've not discussed it. I want to go back and change it because the way I've been playing my character. So we talked about not putting too much of the backstory out there too quickly. This is the reason why. Because they may, after they get a feel for who their character is as they play them, they may completely go back and change part of that backstory. So give them that leeway to do it. Don't have something set in stone that they can't change if it's not been revealed. Yeah, anything that hasn't come out to the greater group is always subject to change you know however however you feel is appropriate whether you want to modify something for something that wasn't specified and make it into a story point or a you know a side quest or or what have you anything like that or if you know you're just like you said if you've been playing a little differently and you want your past to reflect that then yeah why not it's your story yeah a hundred percent again the dm is there to facilitate the game for the players you may have something in mind that you want to happen, but if the players don't take the bait and don't do it, then, then it just doesn't happen. You have to accept that when you sit behind that DM screen, that while you're there to have fun too, and you're there to keep things moving, the story is the players. It, it, they will develop it. They will tell you which direction it's going to go. The story is the players, bottom line. Yeah, if any DMs who are listening can take any little bit of this, and put it into their story, and I, I guarantee you that your players will react in, in kind the way that we have, your games, your sessions, your campaigns will be better for it. 
Yeah, I agree. It's the one thing I always loved about my very first DM is how well he wove a story and how well we felt like we fit into the world and we mattered. He took so much care in taking a story that he had played through and just jumping it a few hundred years and putting some ancestry in there and, and tying it all together where we felt like we mattered. We did feel like we were the only ones who could save the world. And I think it, for me, has just, you know, again, second edition of Different Monster, but as the, the game has evolved, so has my skills and my desire to make that happen for my players. That I want them to feel like every story, every quest line, plot line they follow was crafted specifically for them and that they fit into this world perfectly, seamlessly. That explains a lot as to why <laughs> to why our ours feels the way it does is if you're trying to emulate that feeling that you had with mm-hmm. your first DM, that makes a ton of sense because that story I've heard it a few times now is so cool. <laughs> yeah, we we had some pretty epic things back then, and again, second edition was a different beast. It was <laughs> you could do things differently, but it really. If I had not had him as my first DM, I don't think I would be as involved in this game. I may not have continued to play. A DM can really make a a career, I don't know, a person's (laughs) enjoyment, their longevity of the game, how long they stick with it. It can really make them either feel devoted to it or not. It doesn't have to be the system because we've changed. It's it's still D&D, but we've changed the underlying systems a lot in the different ones we've played. And you guys have always stuck with me and been willing to do that because you know the story is going to be there. And that's what we we care about is the story is always going to be intriguing. Yeah, I, I think that D&D is, is way up there on the list of things that is more gratifying the more you put into it. Agreed. If you're willing to really put the time and the work and the effort into whether it's a, just your character or a campaign overall, it's a really good feeling when stuff like that comes together. Yeah, and, and if you've got a good group and you all play in the same style of trying to create that cooperative storytelling every time you play... You will come out of it with so many good memories and so many good <laughs> stories that you can share. And people that don't understand the game will be like, what are you talking about? But, but yeah. you will know. And and those are some of the best memories I have is times playing with friends, especially you know before we got older and had kids and COVID and all that stuff. When we played around a table mm-hmm. where you could sit and laugh and just have a big feast and, and have those special times. And they create great memories. So you know if you can if you have the chance to play with some of your best friends, you should do it. Because it just makes the game that that much better, and if you can find yourself that DM who can weave a good story and weave you into it, then you'll have the best times of your life. Yeah, I absolutely agree. There's nothing like <laughs> good D and D with friends. Amen. So that about covers it. Hit the high points. Make sure that you have players make their characters with some good backstories. They don't have to be in depth. You can find ways to help them, but then make sure that you're putting those into your stories, both giving them a time to shine and keeping them interested in the story as you move along. And if you can master those things, then you will be one of the best DMs they'll ever have. I promise you they will love it and they will love you for it. Absolutely. Take it from goose. (laughs) Well, next week we're going to dive back into our class act series. We covered the fighter last time and went pretty in depth and then gave our top fives of the subclasses and all that. The next week We are going to look at the cleric and dig in deep on that. That should be fun, right? Oh, yeah. Our favorite Healy boy. 
Yeah, they've got all kinds of different subclasses that can make them be all different kind of tools in your party. But we'll talk more about that next week on the Crypt of Knowledge. Good night, everyone. 